0: Shalom and welcome to a voice calling in the wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those that would hear so that they would run to him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time here on earth is short and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by and how to engage in the war we are standing in the middle of. Today we're gonna talk about Adam's helpmate. For those lucky enough, our wives, those wonderful creatures God gave the world, women, and how they can intercede in our lives and the world around us, the power of prayer, and how we should be asking them to pray for us. Proverbs 31, 12a says, She does him good. And now we are joined by a group of women who have been praying for their husbands, their families, their communities, and maybe for you, Kelly, Anita Ray, Elizabeth, and Diane. And we are going to talk to them about the challenges that Christian women face today. Prayer for their husbands and the fruits of those prayers. Their changes in perspectives, how their hearts have changed towards their husbands, and how their marriages have changed. Welcome, ladies. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. You all have been doing something powerful lately, together. Can you describe what you have been doing and how this got started?
1: Well... This is Kelly. And what we've been doing is every single day, whether it's first thing in the morning or whatever works with our schedules, we are specifically and uh, intentionally interceding for our husbands on a daily basis. And uh, right now we're on day 23 of a 40-day praying for our husbands. We just completed a 31-day praying for our husbands last month. So This is continuous and it will continue uh, after we finish these 40 days as well, Um, but we've actually been doing things even longer than that. Uh, Last July, we started a text prayer group. It was kind of in the middle of COVID and we had just started gathering together back at the church, but we had some specific families that were really struggling in their marriages. And so as a support to be able to help them, to be able to pray them through their difficulties, to be able to let them know that they weren't alone, we created this prayer group of prayer warriors that I personally knew and trusted. And we opened it up so that the women in need could share their prayer requests with those around around them in this group. And uh, it, it was beautiful. And it started out and it was just specific prayer needs, a hard day, a hard night, something coming up with the courts or whatever a specific prayer request was we were able to share with each other, and we knew that we were going to be faithful to pray for each other, and we grew community, and we grew trust, and it was great, but um, we took it to another level at this point. Uh, This group that we're discussing about today, a lot of the original uh, group that we started in July is part of this, but it's has expanded to so many more women now. And now our prayer group is specifically focusing on interceding for our husbands. And so, as I said, we've, we've been doing almost two months now of consistently praying for our husbands. And during this time, uh, we've been able to see some incredible uh, results already, life-changing marriages, uh, just God intervening and showing up strong on their behalf. And it's been just absolutely wonderful. The reason why this started, though, is more of a personal reason. Uh, I was struggling with something personally, and I was frustrated, and I was complaining to the Lord one day. And uh, he challenged me. He just lovingly rebuked me and said, "Uh, have you been praying for him? And I realized, okay, so here I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm not doing what I need to do to bring the change. God has given me a position and a power to make an impact in the life of my husband and my family. And I wasn't being faithful with it. And so that day I chose to start researching what specifically I could be praying for my husband in a more intentional daily discipline. And I came up with these two resources that we've been using, and I invited a whole group of women to join with me because I saw the importance that God actually was telling me, I have the answer to your problems, and that answer is prayer. So I invited all these other women to join me, and it's been fantastic.
0: Well, that's phenomenal. I I love hearing that, and I'll say this for all men without permission, but we appreciate your prayers always, and what you're doing for your husbands is an amazing thing, and uh, I'm sure they appreciate it as well. I'd like to take a step back for just a second here, and I'd like to just ask a couple questions to help us get to understand a little bit more about about you guys. So, in your minds, what does it mean to be a woman in the kingdom of God? Well, um,
2: this is Diane, and I want to start by saying it means that I know who I was created to be, that my life has meaning and a purpose to fulfill, and that I find my security and identity in Jesus Christ. It means that I'm in a covenant relationship with God, and because of that, I do not face life alone. I have the Holy Spirit guiding and directing me. I have Jesus Christ who intercedes on my behalf. I have brothers and sisters in Christ who help um, by praying for me too. And I don't face the difficulties of this life alone. It also means that I understand what my destination is that this world is not all that there is, that I have an assurance of where I will be after I pass from this life. And that's a wonderful thing. Diane, I love your answer to
3: that question. So right on. I'm Elizabeth, and when I think of that question, I think immediately of the verse of Scripture in Galatians three twenty-eight: There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus.
0: Well, those are awesome answers, that's for sure. And there's a lot of information there for people to go and look into. In this confusing world that we live in with people having so many thoughts and arguments about the differences between men and women. And in the secular world, it's nice to know that Christian women can be grounded in something that's very solid and biblical. So, what you have read in the Word of God... How would you describe your role as women?
2: Well, first, I'm thankful that God created mankind with males and females, because it would be really boring if all humans were created as one gender. And so um, the word does tell us that we know that it was not good for man to be alone. So God created woman as a helpmate and that they were given a purpose to fulfill of being stewards of the earth. And so I see myself as a co-laborer and a helper to my husband.
1: Right along with that verse, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, I've heard Lisa Bevere teach on this. And she said that, you know, prior to that verse in the Bible, everything that God said that he had created, he said it was good. It was good. And this is the first time where he said that something actually wasn't good. And so it is not good for man to be alone. And women uh, are actually one of the first solutions that God ever created, if you think of it that way. So it was not good for man to be alone. And women can have that perspective. Like we are actually God's gift to man to be a solution to meet a need that he has, that God saw. And that's a real privilege that we are not a problem, but we're actually a solution. Mm -hmm. I like that, Kelly.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. I've never actually thought about mm-hmm. that from that perspective. So a woman is the answer to a problem. Well, we need to get that message out. I would tell you <laughs> that right now. So you guys are determinately fast on what you believe your role is, who you are, and how you belong in this world, and what you should be doing. Truth is, in the world that we live in, you will likely face quite a bit of criticism for that point of view. So my question would be how would you and how would you tell others how to overcome the criticism of this world towards your faith, how you manage your home, how you manage your children, and how you view yourself and your role? I
4: think I'm Anita Ray. I think I'm Anita Ray. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the bottom line is to be grounded in the Word and make the decision that I'm going to obey the word because it is my compass. It is the way, the truth, the life, and on Christ the solid rock I stand, which gives me the backbone when the criticisms come because I'm not doing it according to um, the world's standards. I'm going to remember that's good. That's good news. But I'm not going to separate myself from those people that are criticizing me. Because I know if they're lost in their um, um, psychobabble of the day, they're lonely, they're empty, they're guilty. When they go to bed at night, they're confused. And we as believers in the, in, in the Word of God and in the Spirit of God can be um, light and salt to those people if we go in the spirit and gentleness and love. So, but I think our best friends should be those of us that are similar to those that are in this room. Absolutely. But to love on all these people.
1: Thank you. There's a lot of criticism, uh, you know, maybe for homeschooling families. It's it's not. It has its. Uh, it's reputations and stigmas. And, you know, in the past, I think a lot of that has changed, especially since COVID, right? And most children were home and <laughs> being educated for several months, at least. But, um, you know, there's there's a negative viewpoint and criticism towards what we do. And I think, I know at least some of us, if not all of us, did homeschool our children at some point. And, those are the types of criticisms that we need to just water off the off a duck's back because we're staying faithful, we're um, raising our children in the way that they should go. It's not about what the world thinks, it's about being found faithful and it's about raising them in the way that's going to help them to become the world changers that God desires them to be. So we do have to make those different choices and those sacrifices that are looked down upon uh, by the world, by society. And yet we still choose to be faithful with that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, ultimately, I'm responsible and accountable to God for how I manage my home and how I've raised my children. And so as far as criticisms from the world, you know, you, you just don't give them um, a power over your life. You don't let that rule how you think, what you do. And so I um, God is the one I'm ultimately trying to please, not mankind. And so I and I also agree with what Anita Ray said, you know, being grounded in the word, that daily communion with God, daily walking, daily talking, uh, praying, reading God's word. And so, you know, the more I allow the Holy Spirit to direct me and I get myself out of the way, the more, um, you know, the Christian values take hold and have control with how i run my household and interact with my family and not the humanistic values of the world
0: well that's awesome i'm glad that you have that vision so as i've been talking to you i understand that you've received some testimonies as a result of all these daily intercessions and prayers that you're making for your husbands would you mind sharing some of those with our listeners
1: we would love to, um, JD. Can I add one thing that I forgot to mention as to the history and purpose as to why we're doing this? Absolutely. You know, so specifically, I think you believe you mentioned it in the in the beginning was, you know, we started this group to be found faithful in inviting God's solutions into our homes and being the best blessing that we could be to our husbands. Uh, but specifically, uh, as you mentioned, we have the transformed retreat as part of our ministry here and it's been so effective and god is moving and changing lives and families and futures and we get to be part of it but with that we have also found ourselves experiencing increased spiritual warfare not just intensity but also duration uh, as this upcoming transformed is is approaching in the next week and so uh, one of the reasons why we've gathered together is because a lot of our husbands are part of Transformed. And we want God to transform every man that goes to that retreat. And, uh, and so this group, we are in this together. We are in the trenches together because uh, our families are being attacked. And we have to keep holding each other up, encouraging each other. Uh, praying for each other, just standing uh, together as families, and that—that that is one of the other main reasons why we have this group. So during the Transform retreats, uh, we actually uh, will we'll send out text messages and say, hey, right now the guys are about to enter into the Saturday night uh, session. This is where God usually brings the greatest breakthrough. We need to be interceding or prior to just encouraging the ladies to be fasting for their husbands and fasting for these families because we really want God to have no hindrances and just complete freedom to do what he wants to do. So uh, it's not just wives praying for their husbands, but there is a more pointed and specific target, which is preparation and fruit uh, for our transformed retreats.
0: That's awesome. So who has a testimony they'd like to, to share?
3: I can share. Um, I became interested in being a part of the podcast today because I pray as much as I can, and I love to see God change lives and to see how perfectly wise the the Lord does His work. So at first I struggled with the test. By the way, I'm Elizabeth. Forgot about that. At first I just struggled struggled with thinking of a testimony. Then I told Kelly that I still did not have a testimony. She suggested that I ask my husband directly. That did not provide what I was looking for, so I just kept asking the Holy Spirit. The very next day, Stephen was very excited about something he changed regarding his exercise routine, but even after I wrote that testimony, testimony, I still was not satisfied. So as the time was going fast before I needed to head to the church to do the recording today, I reached into the refrigerator for a piece of chocolate, and the Holy Spirit unfolded the beautiful testimony in my mind. It was the kind of testimony I wanted to share in the first place, something that would truly glorify God and be uplifting to my husband. About two nights ago, we were in the kitchen where I was preparing dinner, and Stephen was telling me about his day. He was sharing how God had given him a heart for a particular co-worker in the the hospital pharmacy. He usually is very vexed when he gets around people who are gay, and there have been multiple people who have been hired at the hospital pharmacy where he works. Who claim to be gay. Some of these gay or lesbian folks have partners or have gotten married. Stephen struggles when he hears other co-workers say to the two lesbians who are trying to get pregnant with in vitro fertilization, hey, did you get pregnant yet? Stephen and I don't think that those kinds of words are the words of love the Holy Spirit wants us to share with them. As we both struggle with judgmentalism from time to time, we know it is much easier for to judge these folks than to love them. So when he told me how he had been reaching out to them, my heart rejoiced, and I felt so proud of him. He encouraged two of them by telling them what a great work ethic they have, and that it is a pleasure to be on the team with them because they show up on time, do their duties in excellence, and have good attitudes. God has given Stephen compassion and reduced his judgment in this way. And I'm so glad Holy Spirit came through for me to share this amazing story. Please pray for us as we, for us to be led more and more to speak into others' lives by the Spirit of grace in a way that is pleasing and wise.
2: Wow. Well, when Kelly asked for testimonies, I texted her and said that my testimony regarding um, praying for my husband actually began years ago, not with you know, the recent prayer group. And so, you know, some people know this about my testimony, but to catch up the rest of you, <laughs> um, I had a, a critical spirit, but I was careful about letting my guard down and showing that to others. And in my mind, I was being very critical of my husband, and it came out in how I communicated with him. Of course, I felt guilty And I asked God to change me. And so long story short, I came across several books, which I read, that helped me grow in respect towards my husband and helped me in praying for him. I gave my frustration and hurt and pain to God. I repented of my sin and I got myself out of the way and let God work in me and through me. And as a result... God transformed me and helped me be the encourager and helper my husband needed. And God has worked in my husband, and he's grown and continues to grow in his walk with God daily. God has worked in our relationship with each other, and I'm happy to say that there is peace, love, and mutual respect in our marriage. Praise God. That's beautiful, Diane.
0: That is awesome. Anybody else?
1: Well, we have some testimonies that were written in uh, for us to be able to share. Oh, that'd be great. This is from one of our ladies that were part of our original group that started in July. And she said, my husband did not know that I have been doing the prayers for my hubbies, but he sent this text to me today that he had noticed that in the last almost two months, he has more love and appreciation for me a little more patience, <laughs> he feels less angry, and he has a desire to do good. This was this was ginormous for this family. She couldn't wait to tell me and report that uh, God is truly working in their family. Hmm. Beautiful.
2: Well, this lady said, my husband has known that I've been praying for him, but didn't know what we have been praying. He told me he knows God is answering my prayers because he is experiencing God's grace in three specific areas of his life. First, he has a grace to eat healthier. Prior to the last month, he said he pretty much gave up on the idea of making changes, but it has been easy for him to stick with the necessary adjustments. Secondly, after hearing Pastor Gary Merritt's sermon on tithes and offerings he has a desire to make the right changes with his finances and wants to start tithing faithfully and then lastly possible employment changes with significant increase in compensation are being prayerfully considered wow that's
0: awesome beautiful
4: another one of the prayer partners wrote in the prayers have been amazing I can see the change in my husband, but also in me. We love each other deeply, but life gets crazier by the second and we can't say enough prayers. He's more confident in his new job. He's appreciative and prayerful and, st- and starting to bless us with one extra Bible study each week to watch together. That's a big result. So far, a really big result. I'm calmer and more receptive to his needs. We're working on our 33rd year. Wow.
1: One of the testimonies that were written in, short and simple, I can see our home and marriage getting better because of these prayers.
3: I love number five. It says, I'm falling in love with my hubby all the more with these intentional prayers.
1: I have a long testimony, but I feel like it speaks to so many of us. This was shared um, from one of our new additions to our group. She said, My testimony is how these prayers for my husband have graciously reminded me of my husband's possible challenges and hardships in life and our life together. It's reminding me of my part in our marriage. I'm his helpmate, not his critic. I was reminded of the purposeful lifestyle of oneness we lived in together for years before the challenges of life with kids got the best of us, more specifically, me. Instead of helping him learn how to father our boys, I got mad at his lack of parenting skills. These prayers stirred up the joy and honor to be called his wife, and the grace and anointing he has given me to help him through these areas of need believing in him, encouraging him, praying for him. I have, I have put my trust back in—sorry, I've lost my place. I've, I've put my trust back in the Lord, who is our true help. It has stirred up my desire to love and encourage him to be who God has called him to be. I know the Lord is faithful to do what he has started— And I am now a more cooperative vessel to work through. Thank you, Kelly, for sharing these daily prayers with us. God bless you abundantly. Praise the Lord. Wow.
2: Yeah. And another testimony that was written in I have been watching a miracle happen in my home since I started praying these prayers. I would describe my husband as being a narcissist. He only thought and cared about himself and what he wanted. Since I've been praying, he has completely changed. He is serving our family, engaged, caring, patient, and present. Only God could do this. For
4: exclamation mark.
2: Yes, no <laughs> doubt. You
1: know anyone who sure. feels Praise like God. they know yes. or are married to a narcissist would say that there's not much hope. You know, they mm-hmm. know, they identify the fact that only God can change them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not like these prayers, you know, have some it they're they're good prayers but for god to respond and move in such a powerful way in this family just could give hope to every single marriage out there because it's really hard to see these types of results in somebody who is not likely to change wow yeah
0: well that's incredible yeah. that's incredible yeah i mean that's definitely a witness to god getting involved through those prayers and and god doing the work yeah Because you're right, a narcissist doesn't change themselves voluntarily.
1: It's got to be God. Yeah. Absolutely. We have some that, you know, we're praying for with even transform coming up. You know, just seeing this, I just spoke with a wife earlier today based on this testimony because these are the types of results that she, you know, desperately needs and is praying for as well. We're hoping God really touches her husband in a powerful way.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that it's not just a local thing you're doing. I understand that there are people maybe outside the community that are getting these prayers and getting involved too. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yes, we have several groups. A lot of the women that are involved are from New Hope, uh, but several are from just walks of life, our relatives and us women are, I think pretty good at trying to encourage other women. And so when we get, you know, these text messages, these prayers, uh, these Prayers have been text and passed on to women in other states. They've been um, passed on to other churches. And then I received a text message the other night saying that these prayers are being shared to my family members. And one woman is sharing them with her church small group in in Dubai, uh, which is in India. Um, So she said they can't wait for it every day. So it's really, really incredible what God's doing.
2: Amazing.
0: That is absolutely astounding that the, the, something that you started here is reaching clear across the world now. I mean, just with the prayers, that's phenomenal. And, and I, I expect that you guys will have a lot more testimonies very soon uh, about changes that are happening in families and, um, and just repairs being made to marriages and, and relationships. I, I think that's incredible.
1: I think one other thing that's been really great is, you know, during this process, we've also seen numerous uh, family members coming in even for counseling. Right. So that's one of the fruit of this. Like God is truly working where, you know, the husbands and wives have been humble enough to reach out, like where they've maybe passively mentioned it in the past, like, oh, I should probably go talk to someone or I know we need help, but then never followed through with it. And now we actually, like, our schedules are pretty full right now as we're able to minister uh, to these these families. And it's been, God's really working, so.
0: So where do you see this going from here? I mean, are you just going to stick with the prayer chains, or do you see this growing into something bigger?
1: Well, one addition that we'll be adding in the near future is, uh, you know, we've, through text messaging, received some specific prayer requests during the past transforms and we've tried to be faithful to share them, and we're interceding, and we're fasting for each other. Uh, but this time, Pastor Steve has actually commissioned us uh, specifically that every single wife will be invited. So every man that's registered, their wife uh, will be invited to join a specific prayer group, specific you know, towards that transformed retreat. And then during the retreat, Uh, We'll be sending out text messages saying, okay, so your husband's just about to, or the men are about to enter into their first time of stillness, solitude, and silence. So let's be praying for them. Or um, this is this uh, session that usually generational curses are dealt with. So let's be praying according to that. And so we're going to actually be specifically interceding based on what we're expecting God to do throughout transformed and then the i think the best part of all and this was pastor steve's commission uh to me personally which was one of the things that will make the greatest impact as to the results the fruit and the longevity of what god does at transformed is for the wives to be able to receive their husbands when they come back that we are going to believe the best that we're going to trust that when they say they had an encounter with God, that he touched them, that they were healed, that they were cleansed, that they were forgiven, whatever experience they have, that it's our job not to be their critics. It's our job to believe the best, to uh, welcome them in, to pray with them, and, and to let God really work. So, we as wives also you know, need to be able to let go of our hurts, hang-ups, and, and habits as well. But this is something that we're going to be ministering to our, the wives of of those that Transformed to be able to make sure that we're setting our husbands up for success. I think prior to marriage, uh, most women are their husband's greatest cheerleader. And then as marriage happens, wives usually often become their greatest critic, right? And... Uh, That's something that is broken in a lot of marriages, and we need to go back to the fact that we were once their greatest cheerleader, and what a privilege and what a joy and a blessing we were to our men when we were dating them, and how important it is to go back to that and to believe the best and, and leave the results to God and just trust him to be able to help us walk forward and not keep looking behind. I can remember as a young woman
4: that I would make a list of all of his attributes. And um, when I didn't feel it, I went back to that list, and I remembered that that's, that's who he really is, and I could um, verbalize it and encourage him, and it was a great support to me to remember. It's a great idea.
1: So, J.D., I, I shared with you the short-term goals of this group, which is transformed, but long-term, we're not done. We still have... We, we, I think we have eight days after transformed is over. We'll still be continuing with this prayer uh, book that we're doing and it's just going to continue. So I'm not quite sure what the resource is going to be yet, but we're going to continue uh, with these prayer groups. We're going to send out another invitation to our church and see who else wants to be part of it, hopefully promote it more. And obviously this will promote it. And, um, get more involved and maybe even extend it. I mean, I we do have several women in other churches as part of our group, and maybe we can go ahead and extend it, You know, encourage them to make sure they're spreading the word and we just continue to lift up our families and invite God into our lives and our homes. Uh, but um, I'm not quite sure long-term, it's just, we're gonna be faithful. We have another book that we got for both the men and the women, which is, um, I think it's like 31 Days of Pursuing Your Spouse. And so, uh, not just through prayer, but through action as well, uh, we're going to continue to try to be the greatest blessings we can to our husbands.
0: So, if somebody was listening to this and they wanted to get involved with you, is there a way that they could do that?
1: You can contact the church office, and uh, we will be in touch with them, and we will get them connected with, with the rest of us.
0: So, for wives out there that may be struggling, with a challenging marriage or just the world pressures that are placed on all of you and they just really have nobody to turn to because it sounds like you guys have created quite the support group that uh, you're able to talk to each other in times of need and that uh, you're there for each other and you walk together to support each other. What advice would you give somebody that doesn't have that and is in desperate need uh, of someone to talk to and and how to make these connections?
4: I would
3: suggest that the woman who's struggling would just begin to ask God to give her someone who could support her, who could be a friend, to come alongside her and pray with her and talk to her. And, um, you know, that's the safety that is required for a person, the emotional safety that a person needs is just to feel accepted. And, you know, no matter what they say, they're accepted. And, um, so that would, that would be my first suggestion for them to reach out to God and ask him to give someone like a mentor or just a good friend where they can be really honest. And then somebody who will pray with them. Um, that would be the first step. And then of course the ladies here at this church, you know, there's, that's what's going on here. And, um, Then they can learn how to really be honest with their husbands. I mean, in the past, my husband and I've been married forty, going on forty three years, and um, it hasn't always been fun. It hasn't always been fun, and I have, like Diane, I've had a critical spirit, and likewise with my other half. So, but and and then I think women have this tendency to, like, oh, I gotta submit to him. I think that submission that whole submission teaching needs to be looked at again because a woman needs to be honest with her husband I didn't know I wasn't always honest I was afraid if I said a I was going to be required to say b so I wasn't honest and um, so I think it's important to be able to have enough emotional safety in a relationship in the husband-wife relationship to be begin to be honest and Accept one another with love and forgiveness is a huge part of that too. So, um, and I can help anybody who needs to know how to do that. Cause I've got stacks and stacks of pages when I have forgiven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all need a little bit more forgiveness each day, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, we also want to try to encourage, you know, celebrate recovery. That's starting up. So hopefully we'll have a good response from both the, the husbands and the wives to get plugged in and get any healing that they need. Uh, We have, you know, inner healing as an option here as well, which is great. But the women in this group, especially in this room, know the power of prayer. The reason why they were specifically chosen is because we know that there's power in prayer. And I love for you guys, you know, there's several verses obviously that come to mind, but we know that when we join together. And that's why I recruited this group. It's like not just because I realized God was telling me what the solution was to my problem, but I also needed reinforcements. I, I needed to know that I wasn't walking and doing this by myself, but I knew that we we're all in this together. But you know, the power of prayer is absolutely.
0: Yeah, I would agree completely. And you touched on something very important, I think, there. And at least it's been important for me and I I talk to people about this all the time, is we're not meant to walk in this world alone, even outside of the marriage covenant, right? You need sisters as a woman to walk with you, to help you through the times where you feel weak, where you feel like you're stumbling and you can't handle what you need to be handling. You need somebody that you can lean on. You need somebody that you can trust, that you know is not going to take advantage of you, and that really wants to see the best for you.
3: Somebody who's not going to spread it abroad either. <laughs> yes,
0: confidentiality right? is very Absolutely. important. Right, you're right, and we always need to find that person that's not going to that that's not going to hurt us. Right, safety. And so I have experienced with a lot of people that they they just feel so alone. Mm-hmm. They don't have those connections, mm-hmm. and I think that you start to see a lot more strife in personal relationships when a person is alone. I think that it's a lot easier for people to have good relationships, both friendships, intimate relationships with their spouses, if they're not feeling isolated and alone. Right. Mm-hmm. So the more connections that you can make like this, that what you guys have done, the more you're uplifting each other in order for you to have a more healthy relationship outside of these friendships. mm mm-hmm. And, and right. I think that would be a good message for people that are listening to this is you need to find a group of people, not one, because then you just become each other's sounding board, quite honestly. And you can be like, oh, he's so bad. Yeah, you're right. He's so bad. Or, <laughs> or you know, yeah. you can get a best friend that can really be a bad habit. Right. <laughs> but if you have a team of people and you have many voices walking in the same direction, then you can start to lift each other up. And I think that you would see a lot more relationships get that benefit from external friendships and connections, especially people that are going to pray for you and people that are going to intercede with you with our Creator. Because God will do amazing things when more than one person starts asking for the same thing. I've seen it many times and I'm sure you guys have too. I'm very encouraged by what you're doing and and again <laughs> I can tell you that those of us that are aware of what you're doing are very thankful for what you're doing. I think it's an important thing that you're doing. I think that it's powerful. Obviously, you've already seen the fruits from that, and I I suspect that you'll see a lot more. So my next question would be, are you getting more people involved in this local community to continue to grow this so you can branch off and and then teach people how to do this somewhere else? Because that's what we really need to be doing. That's the true fruit, right? You guys have a great group of prayer warriors.
1: You know, we are in the works of trying to create the women's version of transformed. Mm -hmm. And so we want to have a retreat where we can go and get alone with the Lord, where he can truly minister to us. He can heal us. He can change us. He can transform us. And so we're in the works of that. And in preparation for that, uh, we want as many women as possible to be able to come and experience that as well. So this does need to expand even more so on a local area, a regional area, because, uh, or maybe even within the Church of the Nazarene or however we pursue to, to be able to expand our group. Uh, but we all need this, as you're saying, and you know, there's power in unity, there's power in prayer, like when, you know, Jesus so clearly says, you know, when two or more are gathered, right? So. Um, we, we as a nation need to be praying more, right? And we have been continually been praying for revival. And within this group, uh, I, I, I appreciate the, the push in that direction because uh, I often will think of an idea and look at what's in front of me and not necessarily uh, expand that. But in regards to the Women's Retreat Renewed is what we'll be calling it. Uh, we do hope that that, will, that retreat, once it gets started, will expand uh, far greater than just our church because we want women empowered and healed and uh, just living in victory and making a difference in the kingdom and fulfilling their purposes without the hindrances and baggage and just struggles that we we go through. And it just builds that community because, you know, being a mom— uh, can be very isolating, can be very hot, hard, can be very exhausting. Um, you know, there's a lot of aspects of a woman's life that we really do need that fellowship and community just to be able to survive or to try to become our best, of course. But uh, I, I appreciate the challenge, and, and I'm definitely open to the idea of expansion. So.
0: Well, that's great. I actually see that you guys have a powerful tool here, and I'm excited to be able to witness it from the outside, and I look forward to seeing what you do next.
1: Are you curious to know what we've been praying?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, here's what I will do. You can tell me that, and then I want you to tell me, for people listening that aren't involved in your prayer chain, if you could give them one prayer that you think might help immediately, could you tell us what that prayer would be?
1: Sure. Does anyone have a specific one
2: Well, I know sometimes when it's difficult to know even where to begin, the simple prayer of asking, Lord Jesus, teach me how to pray. And so I think that's a good place to start.
1: Awesome. Good. Good answer. Mm -hmm. Well, J.D., we um, started, so our first month uh, that we started this, 31 days of praying for our husband. Uh, I challenged the the women. This was above and beyond the da- daily prayers that I was sending out. But we prayed for two specific uh, focal points. And that is, there's two areas in the Bible that talk about what hinders our prayers. And one of them is specifically towards our husbands, what hinders our husbands' prayers. So for 31 days on top of the daily prayer, we prayed that the Lord would reveal any unforgiveness in, our, in his heart. Um, because we know that if we have unforgiveness in our heart, Uh, the Lord is, uh, you know, challenges us. He basically warns us that if we have unforgiveness in our heart, he does not turn around and and forgive us of our own sins. So that hinders our prayers. Like he says, before you come and give me your offering or your sacrifice, go if you have any offense against somebody, whether they've done it to you or you've done it to them, go to them and make things right. So unforgiveness hinders our prayers. Hinders God answering our prayers. And so that was one of the components that was prayed every single day. And then the other one uh, is from Ephesians, I believe, chapter five or six, and it talks about living with understanding with their wife.
3: Chapter
1: five. Chapter five, thank you. And, um, you know, it says that. A husband needs to live with understanding with his wife so that his prayers won't be hindered. And so we don't want our husband's prayers hindered. We want him experiencing all that God has for him. And so we felt like we needed to start with that and say, okay, Lord, but it's not always, you know, you can't always find the solutions from a book or maybe even the counsel of another man because maybe he doesn't know how to love his wife with understanding. So we specifically pray that Holy Spirit would, be there, be our husbands' teachers, and say, you know, Holy Spirit, please teach my husband how to live with understanding with me, because I'm my own person. There's no other person like me, and my husband is his own person. So that was one of I feel like a, the one of the most important starts we could have uh, towards our 31 days of prayer last month, and then we have a, a list of some other things that we've been praying.
2: I know one prayer that was meaningful for me as I prayed for my husband, was that he would um, find favor at work. And for those of you that know what my husband does for a living, there's a lot of people out there that don't like what he does for a living and, and sometimes comes up um, with conflict with other people. And so um, that was a big one, not just with those in the public, but also with possibly
4: co-workers, too
0: any of you other ladies have one that you found particularly powerful? or
4: I think for a man, sometimes it's hard to forgive. There's a pride that comes into place, and they try to analyze it themselves, and it can be very difficult to forgive, and I thought that was really an important prayer point, that God would just give them that freedom and love to forgive whatever it might be that needed to be dealt with from the past, distant past, or current things to forgive. I
3: think the one one of the ones that touched me was for empathy and, and compassion, and that's that's kind of what ended up being my my answer to prayer and my testimony for the empathy and compassion.
1: Well, we've been praying, you know, the fruit of the spirit over our husband different days. You know, peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, etc. Those have been part of the prayers, um, but also just towards leadership and uh, discipleship, intimacy with the Lord, a vibrant, a vibrant. Prayer life, uh, contentment in our finances, uh, or praying over our finances—you know, wisdom and good choices over our finances. Having confidence as the head of our household, uh, having self-control, living in freedom, and so it's—it's it's been a, a variety, a wide variety of topics, and that's why I liked about the testimony that I had shared earlier, where uh, the one woman identified the fact that I never really thought about how many areas I could be praying for my husband, all the different areas that he could struggle and actually would need the Lord to be working on his behalf on a a daily basis.
0: So we've been talking today with uh, these wonderful ladies, and we thank you for coming in about prayer and what they're doing for their families and for their husbands specifically and praying for them on a daily basis and interceding on their behalf and in this wretched world that we live in has been, we need that so desperately. And we appreciate that. And we've also talked about the fruits of these prayers and what they're already seeing in marriages and in families and relationships that are improving, that are changing, that are growing, that are blossoming. And you too can experience that as they have explained here. And just through the power of prayer, you too can experience some of these same changes in your world if you're willing to And so we just encourage you to use this as a model if you would and begin praying for your husband if you are a wife or pray for your wife if you're a husband. We all need each other's prayers. We all need each other to help stand us up in an evil world that is controlled by Satan himself. We very much need to be on each other's sides and advocate for each other and pray for each other daily. So if you would please do so for your spouse, it will improve your life. It will improve your attitude, even if it doesn't improve theirs. So with that, we thank you for listening today. This has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast. Today, we have had a wonderful meeting with these women, and we just thank you so much for coming and and sharing with us. If you would, please take a moment, subscribe to our podcast, Don't forget to visit our website at vrbroadcast.org where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And if you want to hear more messages from these ladies, then let us know and we'll invite them back quickly. Do us a favor, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. And again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.